Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 38. Back by popular demand, we have Steve Sirtis from the Billman Track Foundation. Welcome, Steve. Hi, everyone. Great to be back. And when I say popular demand, I mean just me and Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always look forward to spending some time with Steve and talking about the bib. Yeah. It's always good to have fans in my lunchbox. Because <laughs> yeah, we're kind of running out of... This is the second to last yeah. uh, Bill Woman section we've got to cover. Um, and if you haven't guessed by now or been following, we are doing Walpole to Denmark today. So this is one that I've not hiked, but you guys between you have a lot of experience. So I'll just be uh, asking some questions and listening in. And this will also be a pod with the return of Happy Don. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Phew, Steve says. Because <laughs> I love this section. You'll get very yeah. few complaints from me from this one. Nice. Yeah. So uh, Steve did send a very lengthy response email when we asked him what he thought of the last episode. <laughs> uh, let's just say there's a few disagreements between Steve and Donovan's <laughs> point of views. Um, so we'll get moving and cracking. So Walpole as a track town... Um, we've kind of discussed it in the last pod, but mm-hmm. Steve, you run a lot of tours through there and mm. spend a lot of time in Walpole. What are your thoughts on Yeah, the I town? really like Walpole. It's quite different to other towns. It's, it is small, but it's kind of unique. It's got something going for it. It's a nice coastal town. Um, great facilities for walkers. Um, and I guess it's got that real history and connection with the track because it was a southern terminus for 10 years back in the in the 80s as well so the locals are really great um they're really welcoming um always like walking in or out of warpole um yeah it's just something to it it just feels like a track town yeah definitely yeah. i think as well being encompassed by warpole nonalup national mm. park it's such mm. a diverse national mm. park it's not just forest or just mm. coast it's a bit of everything it's a bit of you know, inlet. Mm, absolutely. And, um, and it's a very different environment. And no matter which way you're coming in or out of it, it's not far to go before you, you're you out of the bush. You know, you're not walking through suburbs for a while. Yeah. You know, so you're not kind of out of the bush already thinking, okay, where's the town? You kind of walk out of it and you're pretty much there. Yep. So, yeah. Although I think walking in from... Uh, Franklin, the last bit on the really hard surface is not on the, the most, dual use. Yeah, it's yeah. not the most fun yeah. track to walk on yeah. if you're already fatigued. Yeah, I've had to jog that because I think we're going to miss our bus or something. We <laughs> 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 had to run into the last. Yeah, so that wasn't much fun. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll start from that first day, obviously heading in a north to south direction, mm. and the first campsite is Franklin River. So heading out of town, we've already mentioned this dual-use path that's not very entertaining and kind of, it doesn't look that great in the photos it's, either. It's, yeah, it basically is there because it hooks up the town with the Common Beach and the caravan park that's out there. So yeah. that's why it's um, a dual-use, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's for that purpose. Um, I guess the other thing I will say about the, the journey out of town is that we realigned it not that long ago. Um, I kind of was over the fact that it, when it came in from Mount Clare, it never actually went to the visitor centre or the centre of town per se. It used to divert you off past the pub yep. and then round the inlet, which in, is is lovely, but very few people used to walk it because they were coming into town going, I'm here, this is it. Yep. So, you know, and because the visitor centre itself was the southern terminus, it's just a focal point too, you know. So mm. um, that realignment, I had that on the cards when I redid the, the guidebooks. 
And I remember walking to town. I thought, I'm just going to walk straight to the visitor center. I'm going I'm to track this on the GPS and, and then I'm going to put it to the department. And it, and it happened. The only problem was that when I walked into town, they had the markets yeah, at yeah. the visitor center there. And I had to go in between stores and we had to clear up the... the the tracking on that because I was doing all these zigzags getting in between No, the stalls, people have to walk like that. You, know, you have to zigzag well, to the centre. I had walked past the pub. I didn't go to the pub. <laughs> but look, other than that, um, yeah, it's um, so slightly been re- realigned a little bit uh, coming out of town. But um, yeah, you've got you've to deal with that uh, dual-use pathway. Yeah. But even so, the um, in the spring particularly, the flowers along that section are quite good. Mm. Um but yeah, it doesn't go for too long, and then you're um, on the on the shores of the non-lipulant. Yeah, my my particular feeling regarding these sort of things is I kind of discount that you're always going to run into problems in and out yeah. of town. Yeah. So it's not it's not great, but mm. it's not something where I think it's you know a sackable offence. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a <clears throat> Marin Road. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Glad you said yeah. that first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we've got the reach the Walpole Inlet, and the mm. views out there are quite spectacular, especially if you get a nice flat day on the water. The Nornlap Inlet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's pretty. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people, I mean, from, speaking for myself too, for a long time, I didn't realise there are actually two separate inlets. Mm. Um, I thought it was one big inlet. But, yeah, it is pretty. Um, you walk along the, the shores. There's a little lookout, I think, Delaney yeah. Lookout, I think it's called. When the, the first time mm. I did the section, I saw stingrays below, oh, wow. which was... First first day of doing, yeah, the, doing wow. the Bibbleman track as well. Right. So this was 2003. Nice. Um, so this great is where start. Your, your lofty expectations of the track have come from. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so from there, we reached the Carry Forest, which is a mm. kind of a big showcase of this area mm. and one that will be quite familiar for the next couple of days. It's up the hill, isn't it, to mm. one of the lookouts again? Yeah, so you cross the South Coast Highway for the first time because you cross it twice on this section and, um, yeah, start ascending up to Hilltop Lookout. And that's your first kind of... Yeah, it's steep in places. It's not too bad. I think there are other sections of the track which are steeper, like the other side of Warpole going up mm. Mount Clare. Mm. Um, but nice views from there. It's... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not expansive views in that it's not 360 or anything like that. Mm. You're basically facing the ocean and the coast, but still good views out to the coast. Yeah, because yeah. you can actually drive to this spot. It's you part can. of the touristy drive. Mm. I have been there. I was like, it's just a nice picture frame, yeah. Um, yeah. which works quite well. And you've got, yeah, the inlet and the ocean. Indeed. And, yeah, mm. framed by the carry trees looks quite nice. Yeah. yeah um, and I think on the way up to Hilltop Lookout, you've got a bit of a shared path there with the Mundabidi too for a short distance. Yeah, yeah, I think that's correct, mm. yeah. Mm. And then on from there, we reach Tingle Country again. Mm. Um, so either side of Walpole has these lovely red tingles. And this is where you get to see quite a few up close again. And there's a giant fallen tingle mm. um, right near the track that really gives you that sense of perspective. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's one you can kind of crawl into. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. And it's such a classic photo op point i think that probably of this particular day it's probably one of the three or four most photographed Mm. probably moments yep along with the giant tingle itself absolutely you know obviously i think a a hugely iconic feature of this Mm. day Mm. so the billman actually walks straight through there's a one kilometer loop around Mm. that so i remember seeing the signs when i've uh, done it before yeah 
And it's kind of a, a weird interaction if you're a through hiker to then see all these families and tourists just doing their little walk and you've got your massive backpack on. Absolutely, yeah. I think, well, probably not as bad as the treetop walk, but um, yeah, because there's more people there, I guess. But mm. the, um, yeah, it's a nice spot. I it's I think it's nicely done the way it, it is aligned to take in the, the giant tingle along the boardwalks there um, and then make its way back up to the car park too. So it's a good mm. access point. Um, as well so um, and it's a good day walk to do one way back into Warpole if that's what you want to do or even return for that matter it's not particularly long and then so it's kind of it's not a short day but it's not really a long day it's 18 kilometers mm. and you mm. kind of mixed tingle carry forest then leading down to the campsite um, this is a, one of the most unique campsites it is on yeah. the track um, for one reason that it's a stilted mm. raised platform it is because it's so close to the river. Now, I've I've seen the river up pretty high. I've never seen the water under the shelter, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been designed for that, I guess. So yeah, yeah. not only is it up on stilts, but it's got a really nice decked area. So yeah. it's like, you know, the decking in your backyard kind yeah. of thing. It's really, really mm. cool. And so this yeah. was the first Bibbulmun track hut I ever stayed at mm. as well. So Bonus. it was you know pretty spectacular and amazing to actually be at this you know, one of the best huts and probably I think one of the best campsite locations on the track. I think mm. it's a wonderful... Mm, it is. It, it'd be in my top 10 for yeah. sure, maybe top five. Yeah, it's one, it's one of the, the, the better ones. I think it's um, certainly being voted up there in the various surveys we've done over the year with walkers saying, you know, which, which one's your favourite campsite? That definitely comes up. I think also not just the campsite, but the walk to it, once you leave the giant tingle tree uh, recreation area, it's, for me, it's quite a meditative walk too. There's a, a quite a long section, which is a narrow trail before it gets to one of the old vehicle tracks and follows that for a little while. And the way that meanders along there too um, is just really, it's one of those walks where I love, and when I take, when I lead walks on that, I say, right, everyone just take your time, spread out, mm. no talking, just enjoy it. Because the, the bird song's great. Um, the wind through the trees, because you're really high up. But even as you descend down that vehicle track, it doesn't feel like you're descending. It feels like the river's coming up to you. Mm. Um, it's such a, a, fag, a fabulous valley. It's um, that just to walk alongside of. Some good mm. views too every now and then if you know where to look. Yeah. But, it's, um, it's glimpses, but the glimpses are yeah, good. <laughs> the, yeah, that's right. You've got to know when to turn right and look. You know? <laughs> if, you're, if you're too busy talking, you, you miss them. But um, yeah, and then, of course, the uh, approach into Franklin. I quite like that as long as the creeks aren't bursting there. I've had to walk through mm. water there to get across that, but that's all right. But uh, Franklin has been the site of a wedding um, oh, in really? the early days, uh, yeah. Um, and and my claim to fame, I'm, I had an interview there with Ernie Dingo, so yeah. <laughs> I was going, oh, yeah, that's where he sat. That's where I sat. Nice. <laughs> so what yeah. was that for? That was for was a Great Outdoors or oh, yeah, one of those yeah. shows yeah. that he, with Channel 7 that he, he, I don't know, don't think he still does, but yeah, so he did a, a whole South Coast uh, focus. So we Franklin was just one of the campsites. Mm. He was pretty tuckered out by his time he walked into that <laughs> one and he didn't walk in very far. <laughs> but yeah, lovely, lovely campsite. Um, just watch out for the water rats. And I think, is it water rats or a possum there? Um, I can't remember. It's one never of, encountered any, It's anyway. one of the two because I remember on the 10th anniversary walk when we stayed there, a couple of people had their packs chewed through. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So you meant to report the water rats, aren't you? Have you ever seen them? Yeah, we never saw them. We just saw the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But um, yeah, and also the other thing I know about Franklin campsite, particularly the toilet, was that when the uh, the track was first opened in 1998, when the first anniversary walkers, the, um, the the official walkers came in, they were still putting the nails into the roof on the toilet. <laughs> they were just finishing the campsite as the walkers arrived. So, phew. <laughs> nice. Uh, so we'll move on to day two. So this is another 18-kilometre day and moving from Franklin River to Giants. Yeah. Which uh, gets its name, I'm assuming, from... Mm. The, the treetop walk in the Valley of the Giants. Giants. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so how does this day start out, Don? Yeah, so look, I, so the first time I did this, this was my second day of walking a multi-day ever. And we completely stuffed up our oh. calculations of how far we'd walked. And there were a lot of streams mm-hmm. and we weren't sure how many of these w- were bridges when they mm-hmm. said bridges mm-hmm. a plank over a stream yep. is that a bridge yep. maybe mm. and then when we got to the actual bridge over the franklin river we went oh <laughs> this is a bridge <laughs> <laughs> we we have really not calculated very well so i had lost a water bottle uh, on the first day near the fallen tingle mm-hmm. so i was down to one water bottle and i'd drunk most of that water bottle by that stage and had to fill up from the river, which wasn't great. Very tannic. <laughs> Very. <laughs> a, a little on the slimy side. Oh. Uh, I put some tablets in there. I didn't get sick. Yeah. But I'll tell pleasant. you that I, I was so glad when we got to Giants by the end of it. However, I will say I'm really glad that I've, I've been to this part of the track three times. First time was back in 2003, but recently, last year, I was very disappointed to see that the bridge had been replaced with concrete. Um, (laughs) Okay, so... um, Explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Who, me? (laughs) I actually didn't know it was happening until it was closed. (laughs) And I thought, what's happening there? They're doing some work on it. (laughs) Um, So, uh, well, a couple of things. I'll just take a step back. This particular day and i can't remember the distances but it was incorrect by a long way in the old books on the old Good. maps <laughs> yeah. and, and it was one of these days where i'd get to giants and i'd be really tired and it took me take me longer than what i think it would yeah um and i was thinking why all of a sudden didn't i eat dinner last night or didn't have breakfast or what's going on and when we redid it we actually found out it was like three kilometers longer than what about three kilometers longer or almost four um than what it you know the original book said mm. um and so but but also there's a lot of ups and downs that it, particular yeah. day that you know you don't really notice but there, there's quite a few and of it's them. quite a slow continuous up from it is. the campsite it is and you, you don't notice mm. how tired you are yeah, yeah until absolutely you get over it yeah that's it but yeah so sappers bridge which is about two k's from the franklin campsite was um so we've got version i think it's version three now that's mm. there because the it got washed away in 84, I think it was. Yep. 1982, sorry. And then it was replaced just recently. I think it was 2017. Yeah, because it, it was still there when we did we did this as part of a sectional in 2015 right. or 16. Yes. And it definitely yeah, was, still it was still there. still there, yeah. So the problems with it was that it was, you know, it was deteriorating. There was, I know that in 2013 when we did the 10th anniversary walk, they closed it because... Um, it actually had some structural damage because of the, the, the force of the water. And you could actually see one of the, I'm not an engineer, so I'm not sure what it's called, but the big logs underneath that holds it up, <laughs> <laughs> that thing had actually started to crack. Um, okay. So, yeah, they had to do a bit of work not long after that. But then I think they just went, right, we need fire access here. So because they closed it to vehicles um, for a while and then um, 
they put the railings on when the Mundibidi used it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was no vehicles at all. So I think they replaced it with the, the concrete structure. Um, it's a charming it, structure. So uh, beautiful. Yeah. So it's not like the uh, ones at John Forrest National Park where they've made the concrete slabs look like old boards? No. no? <laughs> I can't say I've seen them, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks a lot like, you would know, the bridge that's now near Southampton. The Southampton yeah. Bridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, that as, was, not that as long. Was, but that yeah. was disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So, um, but I've always loved crossing Sappers Bridge, no matter what the bridge is made out of. I mean, good views up and down the river. Yeah. Yeah. But then that sign just slightly up the hill at the T-junction. I don't know if you recall. Brainy Cutoff? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been able to work out why they call that road Brainy Cutoff. It's like, lobotomies happen here? What is it? <laughs> Maybe there's like a, a deeper meaning to it. Like you just have to shut off your brain as you're going through this bit of a forest. Maybe, like. maybe. But I think it's quite easy to do in this forest. You know, like I yeah. find in some sections yeah, of the absolutely. track when it's repetitive, mm-hmm. I I can't really feel meditative and mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. But in the this you know tingle carry mix, I just feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. But I will say also, there's a bit of mixed forest through even that section there, as I recall. There's a little bit of um, Jarrah and between um, Franklin and Sappers Bridge, mm. you go through a bit of a, a stunted Jarrah forest. There's Kingia there as well, which are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Snotty gobbles, like you just kind of step out of the carry just for a, a minute second, then you back into it again later. Mm. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this before. It's, <laughs> it's, it's mercifully short. <laughs> but the thing is, it's okay. So I think I feel like, as you say, it's it's just a little step out, and that's yep. that's kind of cool because it's yep. a bit of of variety. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, whereas, if it had been that for 10k's, <laughs> we'd have a different story to tell. <laughs> okay, and for that story, listen to the previous. <laughs> So when you went through here on your, not last section, but when you did your three-day trip, mm. um, there was a giant tingle had fallen over the track mm. when it yeah, wasn't that, meant to be. Yeah, that was really cool. I, mm. Now, so you guys have cut through that, haven't you? Like, like some steps or something? I think it? so. It's been, I haven't actually, I don't think I've been to it since, have, yes, I must have. Uh, was it after Sappers Bridge? It's after Sappers. Yeah, I haven't been to yeah. it since it was cut. But yeah. it was so cool because yeah. we had to kind of figure out what we were going to do. It was, you know, this tree's mm. far taller than us, so mm. we couldn't just climb over it. We had mm. to go around and we, you know, I, I walked along the tree and I, I really like when things like that happen. Like it happened yeah. to us when we did yeah. the um, the Donnelly River to Pemberton mm-hmm. section. There were trees that just fallen over the track and yeah. we had to climb up and around. So, you know, I, I quite embrace this sort of adventure. There's a fallen tree across the track. It's as long every... as it's one or two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've experienced a lot more. It's like, oh, again? <laughs> but it's not every day that you get yeah. to climb over a tingle. True. You know, so that True. was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. They're pretty pretty unique and pretty massive trees. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they've already dealt with it. But when I was doing the prep for the podcast, I was thinking, right, wouldn't it be great if you could just carve out steps mm over that and just leave it there rather mm. than what they do is they chop it all up and move it off and yeah. seeing that could be cool and you put like chicken wire down and then support it, it could be like um, boarding house bridge almost yeah exactly and I think it also depends on the district because sometimes they still do that in c- certain districts um, something like the Donnelly district further north they'll want their um, um, 
quad bikes to be able to go through, so they'll mm. they'll cut it through because they use it as fire access as well. Mm. But yeah, I'm still seeing it happening. I still see the the guys out there with their chainsaws cutting steps into large fallen trees. Which yeah, it's working with what you've got. So mm. I think that's great. Mm. Yeah. And then from there we move into a very popular tourist mm. area, absolutely um, Valley of the Giants. So if you've ever done a trip down to Walpole, chances are you visited the Treetop Walk and um, the ancient Empire Walk. I think it yep. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Steve, you'll be able to fill us in. Did the track always align here? Um, well, since um, the track was extended to Albany, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's right. So it was a so, decision made to mm, put it past this absolutely. destination. Yeah. yeah. So the Treetop Walk was established in the in the nineties, uh, before the Bib Track went through, and so because it was there, it was like this is a really great attraction. Let's bring other people because we knew back then that people from outside Australia or outside WA anyway would be walking the track. So it's a great attraction to bring people to. A good way to showcase the area as well. Um, it, it's. I think it's got its, it's pros and cons. Uh, again, if you're a, a, a through hiker, um, particularly coming from the other direction, you haven't seen that many people for a while. <laughs> and I do recall. Um, I don't know if you've read any of the entries in the books by Fat Chick. Fat Chick goes AWOL. That's how she used to sign her name. She would talk about, and she's written a book as well, and I recently read that, but um, she would talk about it as the full-on assault by car people. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that, is, that can be true. I mean, depends, you know, if it's peak season when you're walking through there and, you know, the big coaches are pulling up. Mm. When I did my first through um, end-to-end, um, there's, a, there's a little picnic area before you get to it. It's like near the overflow car park that a lot of people don't know about, or well, the car people don't know about. Um, but, and I usually have a break there because it's a little bit quieter. And, you yep. know. But this particular time, so I'd been there a few times before, but this particular day when I rocked up, there was a, a big uh, family that were Italians and they had so much food. <laughs> and it was before I was vegetarian too. So. Oh, lovely. Lots of I had plenty, plenty to eat and share my stories because I'd come from Kalamunda at that point. Yep. So they were very interested in hearing hearing my stories but yeah got plenty of it but i was only a day out of warpole you know? yeah. so, <laughs> i wasn't starving or anything but um but then yeah you you progress from there up to the other uh, shoot up walk and you know some people do stop off leave their drop their packs and go do it mm. um i yeah I'm, i think that if you're just passing through the area i mean i always love doing the treetop walk itself i always say to people though if you're press for time you need to get it's getting late in the day you need to get to the campsite don't stress that you haven't done the ancient empire walk because the walk along the bib through there is just yeah. as good mm, yeah you know so yeah both of the, the times i've done this section were in summer right and it was really hot so it was really good to have ice creams <laughs> and if you're Absolutely. with and if you're with friends who are novice hikers as i was as well but i did have a hat but if, if you're a novice hiker and you haven't got a hat, then it's great to buy a really crappy souvenir hat just to get you through. 
or a head sock or whatever else they got Which there. was yeah. the case for one of my friends. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but def- definitely the ice creams or the Mars bar or whatever. Yeah. I can picture doing games like the gift shop and just being like, it's all right, I'm not a novice. I have a hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I definitely was a novice, but I was at least uh, a semi-planned novice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got a hat, but I don't have my other water bottle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Priorities, mate. <laughs> Did you not? Uh, you, sorry, did you buy a water bottle there? Could you? So okay, no, I didn't. So what happened was, when we stayed at Franklin, uh, there was a school group there that we forced to vacate the hut, oh. and one of the kids what? left. Yeah, because the the, so the teacher said, "Oh, do you want us to move?" We said, "Oh, if you give us some space in the corner, we'll be fine." And they said, "No, nah, we'll get them out." Yeah. So, <laughs> all the kids left. And you just hear this, nice. you know, this collective groan. <laughs> um, but one of the kids left some water behind in a bottle. Right. So I took their bottle. Um, <laughs> Stealing from children. <laughs> no, they, they were littering. They left it behind because we we left we left after them, and they had left it behind. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it makes you sleep easier. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Were you going anywhere with that story? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so the water bottles I had as well, just to just to prove how much of a novice I was, they were water bottles that were canteens that hang from a belt right. that you wear around, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> around your waist. And of course, if you have a backpack, it's pushing down on them. And that's why one of them fell off. <laughs> so it, it may look like you're in the army, but yeah. it's a stupid yeah. thing to do. <laughs> I'll say this was 16 years ago as well, so I have learned a lot since then. One would hope. Yeah, like the warning version of the Adventure Dawn action figure. (laughs) Just because it looks cool, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not terribly far from Valley of the Giants Mm. to Giants campsite. Um, What's this campsite like compared to, let's say, Franklin? Is it a comparable or is it kind of a bit of a letdown bit of apples and oranges really it's you know you're not by the river so you don't have that that scenery or the the you can't hear the flow of the water either but um it's it's surrounded by tingles it's um a little bit more i don't know in my mind a bit more what's the word scrappy do you know what i mean the the bush is a bit more Hmm. um yeah um i still like it i i i guess i think i've said on previous podcasts the the thing that makes the sections of the track or campsites is the experience I have there. Mm. Um, so my memory of those places are, you know, what happened to me there or who I met there or, you know, those kinds of things rather than the actual site itself. I mean, the site's got something to do with it as mm. well. But, um, I mean, I've got lo- a lot of good memories of giants for, for various reasons. Um, but the walk there is pretty easy. You follow a little boardwalk to start with. Mm. Um, and then it's a, a descent. It gets a bit steeper towards the end as you approach it. One thing I do remember that stands out, I'll never forget this. I was, I, I think, on my same the same walk, my first end to end. And I was, you know, it was dusk and I was already bedded down. And I thought I was hearing things, but I could hear cows. And I was thinking, what? Am I really here? No, I'm not. And then, was this before or after you were vegetarian? <laughs> <laughs> it was after all that food that the Italians gave me. <laughs> they were haunting you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but then I looked at my map and I'm thinking, ah, there's private property just over there. Yeah. You know, it's not very far. And, mm. you know, because the, the bush is pretty thick, you don't realize it. 
But um, yeah, I'll never forget just lying there listening to cows. <laughs> so, right, okay, I'm not alone. <laughs> I think I I I think uh, this particular campsite's not quite as nice as Mount Clare if you're talking mm-hmm. about Tingle Forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But I think also mm. to put it into perspective as well is that Tingles are amazing trees, mm. and there's so many of them along the walk-in and at the campsite. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you can be picky and say, oh, yeah, but Mount Clare's better, mm. but it's still amazing, yeah. you know? So yeah. I, I would say that, yes, you know, if you, if you were to be, a, mm. you know, really th- trying to judge the campsites, then yes, Mount Clare's a better yeah. one, but it's still a, a nice campsite. I think also, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about it, it's your last night in the Tingle. Yeah. If you're heading... To, to Albany, you know, yeah, it's the last true. campsite that's based in it, um, in the Tingle Forest. So I guess there's there's that as well. There's a little bit of walking the next day through it, but um, yeah, I, it's it's a nice enough campsite. I guess the other thing for for me was again on the tenth anniversary walk was when a Tingle fell on it, not while we were there, but as we were walking towards it. And um, I think on the hut, yeah, on the shelter, it came crashed down. The crown hit it. Um, I think was it actually the trunk? I'm trying to remember now. Anyway, it wrecked it. <laughs> I've got a photo of myself not observing any OH&S stuff sitting underneath it on the, at the table because you could get in <laughs> and everything's collapsed around and I've got my umbrella up <laughs> just sitting at the table. Um, but yeah, we got message, I think, when we because we were coming the other direction when we were at Conspicuous and the ranger basically said, can't stay there. <laughs> we walked through it because the, the track was fine. But, yeah. um, and this is um, comes back to what I was saying about the Warpole community. Um, they all kind of got together and met us at the uh, treetop walk and they ferried us to the Tingledale Tennis Club Hall where we spent the night and then ferried us back oh, onto awesome. the track the oh, next day. Yeah. So, yeah, they all came together and we had a big convoy out and it was it was really good. It's a noisy night, I've got to say. I think, I don't know if people say, you, you know, it's great to have tents because then you're away from the snorers. And that's probably, it is true. Mm. Um, and I do remember being in that hall and it was very noisy. <laughs> and I remember leaving the hall and going to the next room to the kitchen. And that wasn't still enough. And I locked myself in the pantry. <laughs> and then the next morning when I got up, I came out of the pantry, opened the door. And in the kitchen, there was all these other people <laughs> spread around the place. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. So again, it's the it's the memories um, yeah. of the of the different places. We didn't have a tree fall on us, but Alyssa's brother and his partner were with us, and a cockroach fell on him in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and were there screams? <laughs> he, he was really calm about it. Wow! So his his girlfriend Kelsey was like. I think a cockroach just fell on you, and he was like, "Oh, okay." And we, Alyssa and I, were both saying that would not have been us if that happened. <laughs> yeah, right. There yeah, you yeah. go. Um, one thing I have been wanting to ask you for a while, Steve, is the Nornalup style, which a lot of these yep. southern shelters are in. Mm. Was that named, and they were built when? the track got extended down to Albany? Is that where the, they come from? Yeah, they, they, they didn't exist before um, the track was extended uh, beyond Warpole. So that part of it is certainly true. Um, where the name actually came from, whether it was because the first one was built around somewhere near the Nornalup Inlet or the Nornalup National Park, maybe, I'm not entirely sure where the name comes from. Um, I would say that's pretty close to it, the, the reason for it. Um, I know that the design... Um, itself though it was modeled on a shelter which had already been built as in like a gazebo type picnic shelter mm. i have a feeling it was actually up at the forest heritage center in dwelling up 
Okay. The gazebo at the the um, the training center there yeah. um, had that self-supporting roof style. So that style it was modeled on that. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I think that's um, where the design came from. Mm. But yeah, probably because it was in the Northern Up National Park. Okay, mm. cool. Do you know um, the reason why they decided to build a different style at that point of the track? I think the weather had a big um, part to play in that. So okay. it was um, a, a shelter where it was square rather than rectangle. Um, and I think the idea of the self-supporting roof made it stronger okay. as well yeah, to withstand the winds. That's, that's As far as I know, that was the idea behind that one. And that's why they didn't go with the, the deep souths or the other ones. Having said that... The first, very first Hidden Valley campsite had a standard like Ball Creek. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. But it was very well protected, hence Hidden Valley, right? Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Well, uh, for keen listeners, stay tuned in another week and we'll be talking more about campsites. Mm. Um, But for now, we'll move on to day three. Giants to Ramehead, and this is, you're exiting the the thick forest and you're Mm. getting into more the coastal... Um, scenery that this section is famous for, you'd say, Don? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, this day is a very much a transition day, mm. and you, you know, you start walking through, you know, the last of the tingles, and then it slowly starts to fade to coastal heath and, you know, some massive dunes. Mm. That you know, if it's your first time hiking a multi-day and it's, you know delayed onset muscle strains kicked in, it's pretty strenuous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, there is, before you um, cross the highway for the second time, though, so before you leave the the Carrie Tingle Forest, there is uh, one particular tingle which I love walking past there. And if you're walking north-south, if you don't turn around and look over your right shoulder, you'll miss it. But we call it the Pleated Princess. And because it's one of the few tingles that you pass on the track which hasn't been hollowed out or burnt out it's still intact and Mm. it's massive it's and it's called the pleated princess because of the way the bark swells and comes down i I know the one one you talk about yeah yeah. so it's just one of the magnificent another magnificent tingle tree um Mm. but yeah that that's a good one and then of course you descend down to the to the highway and you cross and you join the uh, non-lap rail train there's a uh, mark's siding (laughs) <laughs> there and then you'll follow that for a little while then and then yeah like you say get into the the coastal heath and the dunes mm. yeah i think you get the first view of peaceful bay at nut lookout look as out, well yeah. yeah both of the times mm. i've walked this it was really hot <laughs> so oh so it know. was pretty open and exposed it was pretty open. Out of the forest. So, but yeah. it is nice when you get to the dunes because it is surprising how you kind of drop down into this mm. dunes and then there's mm. the the tire steps up out of them and mm-hmm. I think there's less tire steps than I remember them being in 2003. Yeah, a lot of it's changed there, um, particularly further along on this section to Denmark. Um, the tires have been removed. In in that section, after you leave, after you cross Fikafolia Road, there's a few sections there where actually you drop right down, like you say, mm. but they're steps now, they're wooden steps. Yeah. Um, and I've actually had inundation in there as well. It's rained so much that, you know, it's uh, been quite a bit of water around mm. through there. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's the transition section, like you say. You um, you go through a, out of the carry, out of the tingles. You actually go into, through a lot of bullets and peppermints mm. as well on your way to conspicuous. We should talk about ficafolia as well. We should talk about ficafolia because that's an outstanding section if they're flowering. <laughs> You're speaking double Dutch to me. I'm sure I'll understand in August when I walk through <laughs> the red gums, okay. the red flowering gums. Okay, yeah, beautiful trees. You know, I think they're one of the most stunning of yeah. the gums. Carimbia ficafolia, yeah. So, and that's where they come from. They're exported all over the world. 
Um, yep. They come from that area. Oh, I've seen them in Melbourne, on the roads, yeah. you know, roadside, um, yeah. you know, ornamental trees. Mm. Yeah, and I know they've been hybridised a lot with the Marys. Mm. Um, so they, you get the different variations in the colour. So it's not just the deep reds, you get the, the pinks mm. as well. There's some just on the mm. road here near in Murdoch. There's right. some pink ones with yes. some red ones. Yes, yes, yep. that's right. Um, absolutely. But yeah, stunning, stunning tree. And they don't just flower in summer, you will find them... You know, flowering, you know, just out, out either side of summer as well. So you don't have to be walking through the, the heat to see them. But yeah, stunning, stunning trees. Okay, and you mentioned conspicuous beach, so we'll probably mm. have to get onto that. It's a popular access point mm. where you finished, no, you started your... Three-day that we three did, day, and we yeah. started a second spot. Yeah. So if you're just coming in for the day, you can park at the car park and then walk down to conspicuous beach. And it does look like a, an impressive set of stairs leading down to the beach yeah stairs mark two <laughs> <laughs> the first one's got one? burnt <laughs> by one of those getaway fires yep um but yeah it is a very very stylish boardwalk it's not just your your square kind of box steps and mm. you know, it's it kind of swirls around there's seats along the way and there's got a lookout lookouts yep. absolutely um, and and for walkers too, there's uh, toilets there. There's water there as well. Um, mm. If you're if you're running low, um, and a gazebo mm. too, so there's a bit of cover before you head down to the beach. And even if you if there wasn't a water tank there, there's a the creek flows yes, to the beach there, there and that water is drinkable. Yes, I've... I drank from it, and it was delicious. <laughs> Much better than Franklin River. <laughs> uh, I feel like you were having a low base. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good good um, access point, food drop if you want. Mm. Um, yeah, people meet your starting point, finishing point. Um, the other thing I, I will say also before you get there, um, there's a section again between Folly Road and Conspicuous Beach where I saw the most king in his carriage orchids ever. Like mm. I don't think I even I've seen them once or twice away from there, but in that section when I was walking through there in late August, September. Yeah, loads of them all through that little section. So something to keep an eye out for. Excellent, because I'll be walking there through August this year. Hey. <laughs> cool. um, so is there much walking on conspicuous beach before you get to the dunes and the heathlands again? No, nah, it's about 200 metres. It's yeah. not very long. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a preparation yeah. for further on, but not really. <laughs> it doesn't stretch into the kilometres. sense of, oh, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then so June Heathland and then up to the limestone cliffs, which is a very impressive point on the track and oh, yeah. ocean views mm. and stunning scenery everywhere. Definitely. Once you get up there, yep. <laughs> <laughs> we were there in quite windy conditions, right. uh, but it was cool. You yeah, know, I, I yeah. like it. Um, yeah. I know the first time I did this, I said to the, the guys, I said, look, I really am tired. I just want to get to the hut. I'm not yeah. going to wait for anyone. Yeah. Uh, what I'll do is I'll blow my whistle to tell you when I'm there so that you know how far it is. <laughs> and obviously, I, you know, I got to the hut, blew the whistle, yeah. and I was so far away from them still because it was still such a long walk. And they just went, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just mean. <laughs> I think from, I think is it, 4Ks from, something like 4Ks from the beach up to the to Ramhead campsite. With a lot of ascending. So with a lot of ascending and dunes as well. It's like soft sand dunes yeah. at the very start there. Yeah. And it's actually one of the sections we're looking at to do some um, major works on, if not a little bit of a realignment as well, because there's quite a bit of erosion around there at the moment. 
yeah, but still, like you say, magnificent views from the top of the cliff and much better from than from the lookout platforms that the tourists go to. Yeah. Conspicuous. Like you're looking down at those and thinking, no, this is much better. Because I think your views, you can see Mount Franklin to the north, you can see Mount Clare to the other side of Warpole and out the other way, um, I think... I've. I think I've even seen West Cape Power on a clear day from there. So wow. a long way. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And Rainhead Campsite itself. Am I right in saying that the volunteer that now looks after this one used to be a builder and I know treats it as if it's his mm, own home? Maybe. Or is that further towards the, Albany? The volunteer that looked after it for a long time is no longer looking after it, and that's fairly recent oh, that okay, they that changed, the changed hands. Because so there, maybe, I'm there sure. was a certainly uh, a fairly skilled topiarist when I was yeah. there. Oh, okay. Because the, um, yeah, the bush in your photos looks very square and trim. There's <laughs> right. it's just a hedge. <laughs> And then it has a few that, additions that I was like, that does not uh, look like a Billman shoulder. So when were the photos taken? Do you uh, remember probably about a, two years ago. Yeah, I think things have, might have changed. Because uh, <laughs> the, the bush that's like right next to Rame Head yes. was like perfectly squared off, yeah, nice yeah, and neat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I know the one you mean, yes. <laughs> well, you know, that's part of the quirks of the maintenance volunteers. Everyone's got their own kind of, yep. you know, kind of thing. You know, I don't know. It's fine. The um, <laughs> yeah, Ramehead was um, interesting. That was um, built um, by volunteers from Mountain Designs, and it was at the time when they, there was this big right. How long will it take you to build 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 a shelter? It'll take us this many hours. Let's see if we can build that. You know, build it quicker. And so there was all this, oh. you know, <laughs> building them nice and quick. But um, luckily, it's still standing. They didn't take any shortcuts. Which is good, but Ramehead Campsite or the shelter has actually got one thing that only two campsites, that being one of them, on the entire track has got, which is that little alcove yep. um, with the perspex, which is quite handy. Mm. Um, you know, for hanging wet clothes or banishing snorers or <laughs> <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right. So yeah, slightly you know different design, normal up style. Mm. Also, I would say this is one of the more mosquito-infested campsites. Mm, there are worse, but yes, yeah. it is. It's Nullica coming, is worse. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> coming from the north, that's your first, I think, really bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly on the south coast, anyway, from that direction. Yeah, agreed, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's why I always take my tent. Yep. <laughs> oh, they, just before we go on, actually, yes. just one other thing, too. Just before you reach the campsite... Um, and we'll talk about it again in the next part, but the campsite was on a spur trail. You, now you actually walk through it. Right. So when that? I did it, it was on the spur trail. It was on a spur. And that was why people were like, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So day four. So Rainhead the Peaceful Bay. We're doing this kind of in a shelter to campsite kind of bit, but Peaceful Bay is a town rather than... A campsite. So town's a bit generous, I think. Holiday. It's not village. a campsite. <laughs> <laughs> Settlement. Yeah, it has a fish yeah. and chip shop, so that's good enough for me. Um, and it's only just under 12K, so mm. it's a bit of a weird one to kind of stretch out because if you go from Ramehead to the next campsite, which is Boat Harbour, you're looking at 34K. So, mm. I mean, most through hikers can probably handle that in one go but if, if you come from the north mm, yeah. yeah if you're mm. looking to enjoy this section i think peaceful bay is probably your best stop mm. um, you i get, think it's good to stop there yeah. yeah 
and it looks like a really nice town and you can you know you can get some fish and chips and you can stay at either the cabins or the caravan park so how does the day start off um so you you're following the management track out to start with Mm. um downhill for a fair way um but then you get into the you know the undulations not too long after that um and then head kind of inland it's it's one of these that mm. whole section there and I, I know you know if going back to nut lookout if you're standing at nut lookout and you can see where peaceful bay is and then you look where the track goes you're thinking why am i going all the way out there yeah <laughs> but yeah you when you do get there you realize why because of the views and you know conspicuous and all the rest of it but um the part of the track leaving rame head then goes inland um and then kind of reaches the coast. And it never used to. It used mm. to go, and this is what I meant about the spur trail at Ramhead campsite. When you um, used to leave Ramhead, you'd come back onto the main track and then head almost directly to the coast. And you, you wouldn't be long before you were down on the beaches. Yeah. And um, I, I did that back when I first did the track in 2003. And I'm mm. very glad I did, because mm. I think it is better than the current alignment. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree in the sense that you're out on the coast, you've got the... Fresh air, I guess more of a breeze if it's a warm day. Better views, just a different experience really. Um, inland, you don't get many views. It's you kind of you know, undulations and going through the dune systems. But the reason why it was realigned is because it was just getting washed away all the time. Mm. And it was just proving to be a nightmare. Um, and from a safety perspective as well. So it was realigned inland. It still comes out to the coast. It's just not as much as what it used to be. Because mm. I remember certain beaches mm. Mm. and... To Alyssa, oh, some of these beaches are really beautiful. <laughs> you built it up. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. Um, and I said, oh, there's all these tyre stairs as well. And they're not there anymore. <laughs> None of that's there anymore. Yeah. Um, I said, wow, I don't remember it taking so long. And it, it didn't mm. dawn on me until probably a year later. And I right. had edition one of the guidebook yes. and edition two. And I went uh-huh. and looked at them side by side and they mm. were completely different. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that that realignment happened pretty early on. Mm. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, you you go through a, a section which has got some boardwalk in there. It's one of the sections where you're well, at least when I walked in 2013, because it just rained so much that you'd step off the boardwalk into water, walk through water a bit, and then back onto the boardwalk again for a little way. Um, you know, and you you could see. I mean, because I've walked that section many times. I've walked it in. When it hasn't been so wet, but still been wet, you can see that they put the boardwalk where it mainly gets wet. <laughs> the amount of rain we had in 2013, the whole thing was just underwater. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, like I said, not far, not far beyond that, you get back on, out onto the coast and uh, the Gap, the beach that you walk. That's one of my favourite little beaches. Mm. It's a really rocky, stony beach that you, yeah. you, you walk along. You're only on, it's only very short. You've got to watch out for the king waves and judge when the waves are coming in. But yeah, yeah I like that little beach. Yeah, I love how this section, because I feel sometimes that there is a certain, when it comes to the coast, and, and it is probably fair enough because it is dangerous, but there is a slight risk aversion to it being too close. Mm. And there's that really great section here where it's just along like a rocky shelf. Yes, and another one. And it feels pretty dangerous because yeah. there are waves just yeah. crashing not that far away from where you're walking. Yep. And I love it. Yeah, it just feels you feel that raw power of the ocean. Don't <laughs> yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a really nice spot there. And actually, that little section there reminds me a little bit of the Cape to Cape on that last day near the Cape Lewin Lighthouse down yeah, that way for sure. after Deep Dean. But rougher though. 
much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, say, I don't remember that after Deep Dean being that that dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant I meant in terms of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so on from the rocky beach, you kind of you reach Point Irwin, and yep. you know you kind of traipse around there for a little bit, and then mm. you're presented with Castle Rock, which. Yeah. WA has an, a love for the name Castle Rock. They do. <laughs> so there's one in the Parongarops. There's one near, is it Meelup Beach? Meelup Beach, yep. Yep, yeah. Just east of there. Yep. What is a Castle Rock anyway? <laughs> I think I any, any rock that sort of juts up. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to look like a castle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a nice spot. It's, you know, um, good views from it as well. Um, pretty windy at times up there. There hasn't been many times I've been up there. I'll do that one. In fact, I'll be there again in about two weeks um, on that section. But every time I go up there, you want to stop for a break up the top and I'm thinking, okay, I've had enough, it's too windy. But really good views. And the other thing is too, just beyond it, heading towards Peaceful Bay, there is that little seal colony. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I've never yeah. seen it. So not far from the, um, what's I think on the maps marked as the Kingy, Kingy Rock Car Park. There's a little picnic table, I think, there. Not far from that, between that and Castle Rock, there's a, a colony that are, they're always there when I go past. I've never not seen them. Um, and they're just lying on their sides in the water with the flipper up, sticking out of the water, waving at you. <laughs> it's really cool. Hi, Steve. You're back. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And then into Peaceful Bay itself, um, you describe it as more of a settlement. <laughs> yeah. But you can get food there and a yeah. place to stay. And, I mean, it, it has recently been burnt, so mm. hopefully by the time, uh, yeah, anyone is listening and then doing this section, it's recovered somewhat. But the playground, <laughs> that was the famous photos from yeah. last year's fires, is That's the burnt-out right. playground. Mm. It's a bit of a shame that uh, it could have been avoided. Yeah, I haven't seen it since then, um, since before the fire. Mm. But um, yeah, it's um, but like you say, it's um, let's see what happens with it and how it comes back. Um, it's a nice place. I, I always stop there. I never double through or anything like that. Mm. Either staying, like you say, at the chalets or the caravan park. Um, the chalets tend to close down over winter, which I find a little bit annoying because it's the quiet time. Yeah. So then you're you're left with staying in your tent at the caravan park. Mm. Although for a few years, I don't know if it's still there but they did have an on-site caravan that they'd only ever let out to walkers because it was so yeah. terrible. <laughs> I remember uh, Jamie Dillon's blog. He talked about it. He said, right. you know, they were like, this is Dodgy. pretty crap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I prefer it to my tent, <laughs> particularly if it's bucketing down and thunder and lightning. Yeah, I was going to say, the only time I'd prefer it to a tent is if it was really raining. <laughs> it was really bad. It was, it was, the weather was so bad. Um, that we had to walk through a moat to get to the caravan, okay? <laughs> so we thought, well, that's worth it. It's better than putting up the For tent sure. in the moat. <laughs> I, th I think it's worth saying, though, that Peaceful Bay, because especially you've been through some pretty wild beaches. I wouldn't swim at Conspicuous Beach. No. I wouldn't swim at a lot of the beaches along here, but you can swim Indeed. quite safely in Peaceful Bay. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, good facilities. There, there is a shop there as well. Um, you know, the, the, the supplies aren't, fantastic but if you're stuck you can get by uh, but it's also somewhere you can post a food drop to yep. as well mm. cool and then moving on to day five so peaceful bay to boat harbour this is the longest day on if you break it up into little sections so 23 kilometers mm. and this is where you have the famous Irwin inlet canoe crossing yep so this is my 
I'd say this is my favorite day of the whole Bibbulmun track. Right. I love this day. Yeah. Um, you know, twice, twice I've done it, and twice I've loved it, and I would give this a five out of five. <laughs> this no, is not a six out of five. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting because it's always used to be the day I hate, day I hated the Egg- most. <laughs> A little asterisk there, though, is the first bit out of town. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there is. There is that. Um, absolutely. This was, I don't know, this was, for me, one of the days was like, are we there yet? You know, it was just, apart from being just the kilometres, it was, you know, a pretty full-on day. It was, um, you know, a lot of dune walking, a bit mm. of beach, um, plus the canoe crossing. But it's such um, a diverse day, though. It is, absolutely. And I've actually changed my mind a little bit in the last few years because okay. I have done it a few more times and I'm thinking again I think it was one of those bad experience days you know that just tainted my memory of it yeah so, um, but yeah the the alignment um, coming out of Peaceful Bay which I've only actually walked twice I think because I lost it <laughs> I just could never find my way out of town I was like where is this track gone um, and I, I think I then eventually found that hill there's a flagpole I think at the top of it that you walk over and then down yeah, I think Did you go that way? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's where well, the track I've, goes. I've done it the right way once. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you cross the, cross the bitumen road, which which comes into town, and then you yeah you walk along, and there's a section through there before you cross Peaceful Bay Road again, which a gets inundated in winter. There's a and and I'm not just talking still water; it actually flows pretty fast sometimes through there. So we're looking at a bit of a realignment because of that. And then, of course, you've got the scenic part, which is the peaceful bait tip. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know if you've read what I wrote about it in the guidebook. <laughs> I did draw people's attention to it, and I said it's just a nice reminder of people's consumption. <laughs> I thought, yeah, okay, let's put a positive spin on it. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle that. I had to dig deep for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a bit of a stretch, Steve. <laughs> but then, you know, you passed it and away you go. So um, in terms of, um, we're still looking at options in terms of a realignment, but there's not much, not many places you can go, especially to get away from that inundation there. To be honest, so, just along the road is perfectly fine. Well, that might be like a winter option. So yeah. that might just be it. But, you know, it's, it's not... It's a bit of a distance to walk along the, the bitumen there, so it's not ideal. Mm. But yeah, but then once you you got past that, then you're on your way to the to the inlet. Mm. I remember this first bit that it was like hedges with just spider webs, right? It's yes, all across there. Yeah, early morning walk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it wasn't that early morning. No? Just no one had. Come oh, no, through. before you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, yep, just walking to spider web. Yep, another spider web. Yeah. Even could be a spider don by now. Magic powers. Yeah, I quite like the uh, the peppermint. I think it's a bit further on beyond that. Yeah. Um, as you're walking almost parallel to the inlet, I think by that stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, really nice kind of undercover area. And there, I don't know if you noticed, but there are a couple of old foundations. Um, not far from the boat shed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I've no idea what was going on. Whether it was someone's house or another boat shed. I'm not sure. Would have been quite a nice house. Yeah, it was right been. by the water. Mm, mind you, I wonder if it got flooded out much. Maybe that's why it's not there anymore. Also, a bit smelly. As <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> yeah, and then you, know, you get to one of the really cool parts of the track. Yeah. yeah. So this is one that everyone enjoys 
just for the spectacle of it, it's hmm. you've got a boathouse. Not everyone. Side. Not everyone. <laughs> so we got some frantic uh, group chat messages from our friend Bonnie, <laughs> who was trying to do this. It was a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was a really windy day and there wasn't many canoes out and she just had like the biggest struggle and she couldn't figure it out herself as to why she couldn't get across in the canoe. Mm. She kept getting blown down and having to get out and all this, but I mean, you had a good time when you did it, didn't it, you? I've, yeah, I've done this twice and I've loved it many, and I had to do like the, can, mm. you know, the canoe shuffle to put the right amount on both sides and wasn't hard, but you know, I think I can imagine on a really tough day when it's super windy, mm. it would be tough. Yeah, yeah, it it can be. Um, I've I've had a few different conditions, and a couple of times I've almost hollered for the the people fishing in their dinghy to come give us a tow because <laughs> we get so much blown off course so much. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've crossed that inlet. I don't know how many times. I remember one particular time when we had a group with us. I crossed it seven times, maybe maybe nine times. I'm not sure. It has to be the odd number, I guess. Otherwise, I'd still be back on the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's unique. Um, it's a different part. You know, people always, you, you know, when I tell people about, oh, there's a canoe crossing, their, their eyes light up. They go, right, you have to use canoes. And go, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand about people that take the shortcut down the beach. <laughs> it's like you're missing out on this really cool part, plus other bits around it too, not just the canoe crossing. Mm. But yeah, most of the time it's not difficult. It's about 120 meters across. Um, if you are an ultralight hiker, you might struggle a bit more because the weight of my pack keeps the nose down on the front. And so when if the wind's blowing, I don't get blown that much, of course. So that might be part of right, some of people's yeah. problems. I don't know. They can experience but, yeah. a struggle once. Every day. <laughs> That's right. Um, but in terms of the canoe numbers, hmm. um, originally there was a lot more than a, there now. Does whoever's looking after them, DBCA, do they monitor the numbers and replenish them? Or is it just kind of a, if they get blown out, that's it. Um, so currently there are six canoes. So we aim to have three on either side. Yeah. I don't know that there were more. Do you remember being more there? I remember Donovan, you said there was 10 at one stage, eight or 10. I, I, rem I remember when 10. in 2003, there weren't 10, but there were yeah. a lot. Then yeah. I remember there being a lot more. But then the, the mm. last time I was there, yeah. um, I'd emailed Gwen about it. Yep. And she said that some one had been stolen, yes, and that, that did one happen. had just been left on the shore, yep. and it had blown off, yep. you know, either upstream or downstream. It, it blew out towards the mouth. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, so because of that, there were just very few, and I had to do a lot more shuffles because yeah, right. there were just not enough. Um, because the shed's really only set up for four maximum. Yeah. Um, either side, so. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember seeing more. I know that we had a whole lot delivered when we did the 10th anniversary walk because there's so many of us trying to get across yep. and it would have taken too long. But yeah, I've always seemed to remember three on each side. But yeah, I'm happy to be corrected on that. But um, yeah, so from time to time, like you said, they've gone missing um, mm. and we've replaced them. And sometimes we've had donations to do that, which is great. Um, and also to replace paddles that have broken or floated off or yeah. you know mm. so um, originally there was there used to be a code for them wasn't there it never was 
Oh, no, that was just a thing. It was the intention. So oh, in the okay. old guidebook, it says you have to get the g- code from the caretaker in Peaceful Bay. And yeah, because I Cary never Beach. got the code. <laughs> <laughs> and we were fine. <laughs> yeah, it never happened. It never happened. That was the intention because people were worried about them getting stolen. But, you know, it's... Yeah, you know, just one one occasion that's happened. You know, so yeah. it's been pretty good. That's pretty good for, for you know such a long period of twenty time. plus years. So yeah, you know, yeah, about that. So um, yeah, uh, that's really cool. And the fact is that you know they've people the locals know they're there, and if they see one going somewhere, they'll pick it up and tow it back if they're on a boat. You know, so it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I think I'm glad that they chose canoes and not rowboats because yeah. so on the south coast track in Tassie they have yes, rowboats they do and I think that rowboats are, are considerably worse technology than a kayak <laughs> apart from the fact that you're going backwards yeah, <laughs> you're going. yeah absolutely <laughs> um, yeah um, and I don't think they're probably uh, a stable maybe it depends how many people you put in it I guess but the canoes yeah I love them they're, they're handy they're just a like I said a quirky part of the track mm. Mm. Yeah, certainly memorable for everyone that does it. Yeah. And then moving on from there, we've got a place which I had to double check when I was reading it. It's, it's called the Showgrounds, isn't it? Mm. But it's not actually it's no, like Claremont Showgrounds. No sideshow alley. No, yeah. <laughs> no fairy floss. <laughs> um, but it is a naturally occurring kind of grassy plain area. Yeah. It looks like a savannah in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of these bowls really isn't it? it's a big open bowl and open yeah. areas where a lot of kangaroos a lot of kangaroos and apparently emus but i don't think i've ever seen one in there neither, no. neither. <laughs> but definitely a lot of roos um interesting vegetation types and um it's been a little while since i've been through there but i think pretty much every time i've gone through there's been little plots where you can do the doing research yeah 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 but uh, i think again a nice section we've done a bit of realigning through there uh, fairly recently in the last year or so again some erosion the, the track was aligned gr- over this great big hill and there was no point to it you didn't get any views or anything like that but it just yep. caused erosion so just around those kind of things and then yeah not far before you hit the, the beach again mm. Mm. it's but, cool because it's just a different landscape yeah, and yeah absolutely and it, you know, it doesn't last very long yeah but, I mean it is quite still quite a fair length of time yeah. it's quite a long day yeah but it just is a cool, different thing to see. And I th- still think that that beats walking along the beach because you're going to walk along the beach anyway. 100%, yep. You know, yeah. yeah. I guess that's kind of a theme to this section is the balance between dune and coastal walking and just straight out beach walking. Because, mm. I mean, it was, it was discussed in the next day, sometimes the longer stretches of the beaches aren't quite the best. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk about that a bit later. So after the beach walking, you kind of get into more dunes and the coastal cliffs again. Uh, more spectacular views. Well, I mean, we should talk about the beach walking. Yeah. Um, that sea container has was there in two thousand and three. That there's like a door from a sea container that's wow. right on the beach. Right. And it was there in two thousand and three. Yeah. And it's still there to this day. I've not seen it. It's it's near the I, oh hang on near one of the rock one of the headlands yes. yeah yeah okay I do know the one you mean and yes it, it is it's just a, a weird quirky feature of the track that <laughs> I remembered vividly yeah. from 2003 and I was yeah. so excited to see it again still there um, and I think Quorum Beach is really beautiful yeah it is you know, nice it's it's a bit sort of an underrated beach because it's you know it's not mm. not William Bay yeah you know it's not one of those beaches yeah. but um I, I I find the walking here to be enjoyable. 
you know, the beach walking is fine. Yeah, as long as you're not, you know, getting the really soft sand the whole way. Yeah. You know? So it depends on the tide level and what's what's happened before you've got there. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's and it comes up off the beach here and there, so you get onto Middle Quarren Beach after that. Yeah. After Big Quarren, and so you you've got places where you you get respite from the sand if you need it. Mm. Yeah. And then not long after that, I think you go up this massive, great big staircase. Yes. <laughs> which wasn't always there. And I'm so, I was so glad to see that after it had been built because it was just walking up steep dune, soft yeah. sand. It wasn't there in 2003, right. but it was yeah. there when we did it in 2015. Yep. And yeah, it was, mm. it was, a, it's a good change. Made a big difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably why, one of the reasons why I didn't like that section when I first did it. Right. It was just a slog. You know, it was, like I said, it was one of those days, are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. And then sort of coastal cliffs, once you reach the top of this staircase, and then you move on to the campsite, um, which lovely ocean views. Mm-hmm. And looking at the pictures, it just seems like one of those spots that you imagine the campsite would be if you were to put one on this section of the track. The, the views you get are mainly before you reach the campsite yeah. as you approach it. So the campsite, a lot of the photos you'll see of that one, the campsite's in front, you know, in the foreground of the photo. Yep. Um, but once you're at the campsite or at the shelter, at least, you, there, there isn't much because it's protected. It's sunken a little mm. bit. But yeah, the views as you approach are outstanding. Plus also you're going, oh, there it is at yeah. last. <laughs> and I, I love that bit just before you get down to the campsite. There's these dunes that are like just on the cliff edge, yep. and it's so dangerous because you could easily just be uh, tricked into going just a little bit too far. But I love it because it's just it has this wild beauty about it. It's danger done. <laughs> like you're waiting to collect like bodies. At the bottom. <laughs> you're like, oh, my pretties. It's because it's so cool. It's just this like this dune, and it literally is right on the cliff edge. Yeah. The other thing I like about that section there, particularly the next morning, I guess, when you wake up, the kangaroos all through the scrub there, uh, mm. feeding in the morning in particular, and they're just their heads sticking up, and, or their ears, sometimes that's all you see. I think it's just really cool. All through there is just a reminder that there is a lot of wildlife around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, Boat Harbour campsite. Not one of my favourite. It's okay. It's better since they put the wood chips in. It's, well, I guess the good thing about it is if you didn't want to go to Boat Harbour, it's only a short walk. So that's a positive. It is. Um, yeah. And it's a fairly sheltered bay um, most of the time. It's okay. Yeah. I've swum there a few times. Yeah. It's really nice. You know, chucked all the gear at the campsite and walked down. It's only about 400 metres. Yeah. So that's so. that's a nice thing. And there's a second toilet nearby as well. <laughs> there is. <laughs> <laughs> and And... I guess it's one of those informal campgrounds too down there. So you will get fishermen coming in on the four-wheel drive track. <clears throat> I did have the experience where um, there were some people swimming there and they didn't realise the Dublin track was there and they decided to get changed next to their car. <laughs> and we were walking as a group. <laughs> <laughs> After their morning swim, we were heading out. and <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good day, ma'am. Good day, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely day for it. (laughs) Okay, so Boat Harbour, not the best campsite in the world. It's fine. It's It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was worse ones, but yeah. Yeah. Actually, I might (laughs) get you, Don, to clarify just your thoughts about why this is your favorite day on the track. It just has, okay, I think it's a very wild experience. There's not a lot of road walking. 
Um, and when I say road, I mean unsealed track as well. That is, you know, twice two cars wide. It's not a lot of that. It it feels remote, mm. and to me, it represents a lot of what I love about the south coast of Western Australia. So for that reason, to me, this is a day that if I would say is a sort of an exemplary day for the south coast sections. There's not anything where there's like a seven Ks of beach walking that kind of maybe mars the day slightly or alignment where I remember there being a nice alignment and now it's not as good. <laughs> so for that reason, I just really love this day. Um, and I, th I think I would happily do this again, even though it's such a long day and quite a tough day because of all the dune walking. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, so you talk about seven k's of beach walking. <laughs> we get on to Boat Harbour to William Bay, which is just over twenty k's, um, and does include the beach walk. We'll get on to that. So walking down from the shelter, you actually reach Boat Harbour, which looks actually quite pretty mm. from the photos, it and is. as you say, quite a good swimming beach mm. as well. It's um and yeah, it's it doesn't take you long to get there, as I said. Um, you walk onto the beach, you walk around the harbour for a little bit, and then there's a spot where people get a bit geographically embarrassed, including me. I, I went the <laughs> wrong way, but I had previous experience to correct myself um, because what had happened in 2013 when we went through, um, for some reason, I don't know what happened there, but the markers on the post, the posts were actually pulled out from where they were supposed to be and moved onto the vehicle tracks because you're not supposed to follow the vehicle track all the way out. You, you kind of hop onto the vehicle track initially once you leave the beach, but then you swing to the right, in other words, go south, and you follow the edge of the harbour right yep. to the waters, the Southern Ocean, and walk along the rocks. That's the way you're supposed to go. But someone had moved a post, and so you ended up walking, well... If you followed the woggles, you'd end up walking a lot more on the vehicle tracks, which isn't the way to go. So I'm not sure what happened there. But um, we've got a really nice photo of these three ladies walking along the, the rocks there. Um, and the, the waves had, had been washing up before, so the pools were all full. You know, and um, really, really nice photo. And it's one of those photos, if you turn it upside down, upside down, it still looks right because of their reflection in the pool. Yeah, nice. um, yeah so a lovely little section there. Um, just uh, if, you, if you get the right trail. Uh, but like I said, you still have to walk on some of the, the vehicle tracks to start with, and you do need to be careful because there are four-wheel drives through there. The fishermen go through there. But once you pass that, it's pretty nice, nice section. Lots of rabbits, I remember. Never seen rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> just just in that informal campground near the boat right. harbour itself. Okay. Yeah, it's like, well, there's another one. There's another one. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you weren't like Doctor Doolittle? <laughs> <laughs> you just attract all the animals, yeah. Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the, that's what's going on. They just talk to each other like Steve's coming. Steve's coming. <laughs> 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 and he's vegetarian. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still we're all there for. <laughs> <laughs> So leaving Boat Harbour, we've got here in my notes, it's a sandy ascent. Is that more dune walking? Is that more difficult leading on to a more difficult section? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, there is another staircase there, another wooden staircase, not long after you leave the beach. But 
uh, I seem to remember some tyres along there too before you get to that staircase. Mm. So there's a bit of, you know, June walking there. And I think it's one of the sections you've also got to be careful about the beach exit because I think some people have missed it in the past um, on that section there. But, you know, it depends if it's been washed away or not, I guess, mm. the markers. But, um, yeah, there is still a bit of ascending to do. And there's another section a little bit further on. I can't remember exactly, but I do remember orange sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that rings a bell There's for you. There's that sort of like, it's it's more like the soil you see like near Margaret River. That's right. sort of like, you know, like that, as hey, I know you mean, but kind it's, of... it's not white sand. Yeah. It's that yeah. sort of brownie orange colour. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really steep section. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's only short, but it's like, ah, really? <laughs> but um, yeah, but once you're at the top, you're back on kind of a bit of a limestone cliff again at the top then. Yeah. You're walking through a limestone area um there so yeah great views once again once you're at the top there i remember both times i did this it was really <laughs> heavily raining as well right so it, it kind of adds to the mood i think you know it's yeah. a it kind of gives that wild yeah. southern ocean coast that mm, classic absolutely. iconic feel i think yeah yeah absolutely and then from there it's a lot of heathland and you enter into more peppermint woodlands which is a nice change from kind yeah. of dunes and beaches Absolutely. and everything. It's got a bit more shelter and it's. Yeah. And I always associate coastal WA with the smell of the peppermint trees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, especially on the Cape to Cape, it just. Yes. It feels like WA. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And the one thing I liked about it, and it's one thing I did put into the guidebooks intentionally, because along a lot of these coastal sections, if you are hit by really bad weather or really hot weather, if you're out there and there's not much protection from the elements these thickets the peppermint thickets are really good to you know take a bit of cover have lunch open your pack up so you, you know you can get your things out where it's not when it's bucketing you know so it's mm. a bit of protection there so that's really nice to look forward to those sections yeah. i did that on the uh the bunker bay loop it was middle of i think it was boxing day right <laughs> i was like it's not gonna rain and then there's the storms came in wow. i was just like <laughs> yep under the shelter of a peppermint tree and then yep. there i was just taking shelter yep. yeah and then from here we enter a very famous beach on the track. Masaletti Beach. Masaletti <laughs> Beach, which is comparable to Deep Dean on the Cape to Cape yeah. in its length, yeah. which is seven kilometers mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. beach walking. So, I've been unfortunate with this camp, with this beach. Yeah. Deep Dean was perfectly fine to walk on when I did it. Mm. So, I mean, seven kilometers, if you're walking in soft sand, that's a mm. good two hour chunk of your life and uh, the thing probably more, more. probably more yeah. <laughs> yeah and the thing is you can see exactly where you're going that's correct and that makes it tougher that's correct um, so what, <laughs> what do you guys recommend to pass the time as you're let's just say trudging along well okay before let's say before we even get there i always stop at the parry campground because that's your your kind of entrance point to the Mazzaletti Beach. So I always have a good rest there. <laughs> I've even been on to go for a swim, cool down after the, the June work before that and Mount Hillier and all that before mm. you get down there. Um, and then, yeah, head along. So, look, I don't know, passing the time. For me, I've had a lot of different experiences on that beach. I have had a excellent walk where the entire beach has been firm and the wind's been behind me and a strong wind too so it's blowing me along to William Bay which is great um, and of course the, the Parry Inlet being completely formed yeah. uh, the, the sandbar so no issue there I guess um, but I have had 
times when you know it's been soft sand. The thing about Mazzoletti, I find that the um, and this kind of goes for some of the other beaches too. You'll find parts of it starts off really firm and it's good. Then it just as it curves around and the, the weather hits it a different that direction. That middle bit's always the worst. Soft, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So, um, yeah, it, it just depends, I guess, on, on, on your experience again. Yeah. But, um, passing the time, yeah, if you're not with other people, then plug in the music and away you go. Yeah. So, what, what did you and Alyssa talk about for two hours? <laughs> so, the first time I did this was with friends. Uh, the inlet was, the sandbar was, cl- was closed, so it was fairly easy in that regard. Um, however, we had a friend who joined us from Peaceful Bay who was an inexperienced hiker, as we all were, but but more so because we right. had had a few days under the belt. Yeah. Another friend had not broken in his shoes. Ouch. So I remember on this day, there was one guy in our group who was really fast and he was a little bit ahead of us. And then myself and another friend were maybe, I don't know, like 30 meters behind him. And then way in the distance were our two friends no. <laughs> who were like little specks in the specks, yeah. <laughs> Um And the second time I walked it, I was determined to finish it. And I always walk it probably a little bit faster than Alyssa when it comes to this sort of stuff. And this was, you know, like falling in knee deep into sand. Wow. That's, that's how bad the sand wow. was. So it was a trudge, but I was, you know, determined to finish it. And... At one point, I'd walked so far ahead, Alyssa was like quite a way back. <laughs> and then I, when I waited and, uh, and she came up to me, she, she said, Treachery! <laughs> and because <left me> <laughs> normally it's okay if I'm a little bit ahead, but this was, you know, way I was way ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we finished it together after yeah. that point. But, it, you know, the, the whole middle section of the beach, yeah. I pr- pretty much just powered through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, probably shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> you do get in that zone though, right? And yeah. if you don't, sometimes there is just that will to get it finished. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And and the Parry Inlet too, it's one of the lesser, uh, it's one of the inlets you don't have to worry as much, I think. It's most of the mm. time the sandbars form, but if it's not, it's not much more than ankle deep. Unless I'm walking through in 2013 and it's waist deep. <laughs> so it's like, I've never seen it that deep. It's like, what? Um but you know the the water there you know it's it's it was all um ocean water too so it was warm it wasn't cold like the torbay inlet which can be really cold yep. to cross i've oh. crossed torbay in yeah. chest deep water right yes that's it um but you know it's part of the fun too um i've never had to walk the alternate route around neither because the beach has been closed um, which is lucky because that's all on Bitumen Road all the way around. So and very long. It is long. Yeah, indeed. You look at the map and you think, what? <laughs> I'll just stay the night at Parry and get a lift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other thing I'd say about the, the caravan park there. So um, this is one of the sections, um, Peaceful Bay through to Denmark, where I really think they when the track was built, they should have put a fourth campsite in, uh, an extra campsite in, I should say, to make it four days. I think those days are a bit too long for a lot of people. So just to shorten that peaceful bay to Denmark section, each day, I mean, uh, having that extra campsite would have been good. So because that doesn't have that extra campsite, some people do choose to stay at Paris. Um, 
you know, you need your tent. There's no, you know, it's just a campground. There's nothing special there. Nice um, peppermint trees, though. Very so. nice peppermint trees. And as long as it's not Easter or school holidays, then you're okay. But go at that time and it's just packed. Um, so just be aware. But I've always stopped there. Um, had a bit of a break. Um, certainly had lunch, depending which way I was going. Um, certainly going the direction we're talking. Um, I've always stopped there for lunch. Uh, nice spot. I've had a swim. Even had a fresh water shower. A cold shower, but that's good too. And on some occasions, I've been invited into the caretaker's house and had cake. <laughs> so, yeah, very lucky. So we've talked about the harshness of Mazzaletti Beach. The stairs out, are they like a, a shining beacon of joy? <laughs> a shining beacon of what? <laughs> they're, they're a shi- shining beacon of mediocrity and semi-not-existing. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's, it's another one of these um, areas where we've had really bad washaways many times. Um, so we've had wooden steps there. We've had... Um, a ladder, a steel ladder, and I, I think I've been told that's still there. If you can see it buried under some of the sand, but um, to pull you to get up to the where the track is there before you get to Greens Pool, because that's the alignment according to the the maps. Um, but in the recent last year's winter, it got washed away again, so I'm not quite sure what the state of it is at the moment. So a lot of people going north south choose to walk onto Greens Pool and then find their way that way coming people come the other way it's not really an issue because they just come down on the sand mm. yeah but um it's it's one of those tricky ones where the markers get washed away the the, the big poles um and the ascent becomes really difficult mm. not sure what the answer is to that one it's um a hard one i would like to see um something I, I actually thought the chain ladder would have stood the test of time because I've seen that same kind of thing on the South Coast track in Tassie mm. where it's worked quite well. Um, so I would have thought that would have been okay. But um, It is there, but the dune below it has washed away. Right, so it's so hard it's to get to. it's sort of just hanging on the side. And it, yeah. Well, so it's, it's, yeah. 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 So I think the, the best thing to do would be provide an option depending on what's happened there. So great if you can do that, but if you can't, then the other alternative would be to walk to um, to William Bay itself and Greens, Greenspool and um, then have an appropriate exit from there to yeah. the track would be good. It almost seems crazy that you're so close to Greenspool mm. and you don't go there. Because yeah. I remember when I did this in 2003, I told all my friends, oh, we're going to go to William Bay. We'll right. be... And then we didn't go to Greenspool. Right. Yeah. And that just seems like a really weird decision. It... <sighs> I guess there's a couple of ways of looking at it because I've had a, a conversation fairly recently actually with a, an end-to-ender who was from New South Wales and also raised that same point. And I said, well, I actually get some feedback from the, the, the other side of the coin where they know how popular Greenspool is. And if you're walking there in holidays, you just want to avoid all those people in the cars and the car park, etc. So they're actually thankful that it doesn't go there in a way. Right. So there, there's a, you know, pros and cons, I guess. It is, I don't disagree, it's a lovely, lovely spot. And mm. if you are not from WA and you miss it and it's, you know, not busy, then, you know, yeah. I think. So that's why I kind of also think having that alternative uh, yeah. route is a good thing. I think de- dealing with it, and this is something that I think the bib could probably do a bit better at, is the way that on the overland track in Tassie they have all the side trips. So if you don't yeah. want to do it, you don't they're optional. To. Yeah, that's right. And if you have a, had a sign there that said Greens Pool this way, mm. then maybe that would be a good mm. way to give people the option. Yeah, and so that people who don't know that it's there mm. know that it is 
an option yeah. that they could do. Yeah. So it is a it is an option on the website, but having an option on the map too, um, yeah, would be a good thing. I guess also the other thing um, is that there's a, a, a pretty major redevelopment planned for that whole car park and recreation area within the national park there, mm. because it gets so busy and it's almost becoming a little bit dangerous because there's only the one entry and exit point, and if there were to be a fire or something when it's summer and it's the most popular time of year, then people getting out would be an issue. So within that redevelopment, we're also looking at developing a proper trail, which takes people from the beach, away from the car park, and then up to the main trail. Yep. Mm. Maybe a William Bay circuit. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yes, a certain idea that someone had. <laughs> so that'll also incorporate the Mundabidi as well and how that works in and any other potential circuit trail. Cool. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so William Bay campsite, how far away is that from Greenspool? And is it kind of a viable option if you get to the end of the day and you want to go for a bit of a swim? No. No. <laughs> it's too far. It's surprisingly far. Okay. And, and not just that, it's up a great big hill. <laughs> yeah. So that they, made, they made a mention of this in the management plan for William Bay, that it is very far and people get confused because they think there's a campground that right. is like a, a regular person's campground where they can part, drive car their car. Camp, yeah. A car <laughs> per, per person's one. And so there, there was talk in the management plan that they wanted to rename it to um, Tower Hill so that it was clear that it wasn't yep. the same place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see, uh, depending where it appears, yeah, people could get confused. But yeah, it's not worth, once you get to the campsite, you just stay there. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't go all the way back. To, it's more than a kilometre to Greenspool itself. Oh, yeah. Um, so and up that great big steep hill. So to have a swim first and then finish it. Yeah, if, that, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I yep. wouldn't, yeah. Okay. Um, but good views from the campsite. Yeah, from, very from nice the, There's views. lookouts there on the, up on the rocks. Yeah, it's a lovely... I actually quite like that campsite. It's it's pulled back away from the views, so it's a little bit sunken to protect itself, but you're not far from the lookout at all. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. I think it's a, it's a really good campsite. And, you know, when it's... I always feel like, you know, when you know that the next day is a town as well, it's, it's a nice campsite. that You don't feel like, oh, this is so much... So much lesser than a town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. And speaking of the final day, so we'll move on to the walk into Denmark. Um, 20Ks and probably a bit of a mixed bag, but also a bit of an unexpected return to the carry forest too. Mm. So I'd say two-thirds mm. of this day are like five out of five, and the last bit is one out of five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll get to this because this is quite a raging issue when it comes to the Wilman track. So we'll save that for, I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes time. <laughs> <laughs> so starting off at William Bay, the campsite, you've got the Mazzaletti Beach lookout. And Donovan, you mentioned two rocks that you were particularly impressed by. There's like one that's like a shark fin. Sort of oh, is, that, uh, is that what you call I call it the mitre, like the bishop's oh, yeah. mitre. Yeah, yeah, I can see so that. So it's another mitre peak. Um, I think the other one's in New Zealand. Is that right? I don't know. I think <laughs> there's a mitre peak in on the Milford track. I think I could be wrong. Okay. I could, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Something yeah. like that. But that's what I thought it was. <laughs> it's a mitre rock, mitre peak. Yeah. But um, some nice rock formations up there. Yeah. Absolutely. The one that I really love, though, is the huge one that's in the carry forest. You know, there's like the little stunted carry forest. Mm hmm. And that, to me, is one of those things where you go, oh, so this is why you need to walk. 
because yeah. no one would see this. Do you mean the one you walk over? Is that is that the, the one you mean? There's the one where you you know you you heading out from the campsite, you you come down the dunes mm-hmm. and then out through, and you enter the Carry Forest. Yes, and then you walk alongside this one that's like, you know, I, like I do know the one you mean. I do know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. And it's. I'm probably exaggerating when I say 30 meters, but it's <laughs> it's it's huge, you know. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It, it is it is awesome. And and just before you get to that, you're walking along a ridge line, which with great views all the yeah. way along that. So, yeah. But you, you're right. Getting that pocket of carry, and you think, oh, I thought I was done with that. Cool, it's back. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's more further down, but there is. you know, but there's more beach walking before there is. then. Yeah. But that particular section too, from the campsite through to um, Lights Beach mm. is an excellent, if you're into orchids like I am, it's brilliant for orchids. It's sensational. Um, the fairly uncommon zebra orchid, not far from Willie Bay campsite, but even when you're passing on that management track along Lake William Road, yeah. I think it is along Lake William, the orchids along there are just outstanding. Mm. Yeah, I fabulous. find wildflowers full stop along yeah. That ridge are really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've always been impressed by the different flowers that you see. They are there. amazing yeah. on that ridge line. Absolutely. Cool. Something to look out for. <laughs> um, mm. So from the, the ridge line, um, is it true that you can see Madfish Bay from here? Yeah, you can yeah. see Madfish. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, uh, it's a shame that it doesn't actually go there, but if you go on the, the William, William Bay, Bay circuit... circuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we find this circuit? <laughs> on the Long Ways Better <laughs> website. <laughs> You can go to Madfish Bay. Yeah. Um, so I like the, the Mundabidi alignment goes a lot closer there. It does. But then you miss out on the, you know, the granite formations, which, mm. you know, I think is always a toss-up sometimes mm. with these things. And you go to probably a lot more unexplored places on the Bibbulmun. So mm. I think that that's, you know, a fair trade-off. And some of those granite formations are huge as well and kind of sets you up for Mount Halliwell a little bit mm. later. But I mean, there's some photos of you looking up at one of the walls, and it's just—it's huge, like mm. and yep. sheer drops as well, not just the yep. granite domes that are common mm. to WA. And no one would know, you mm. know, you wouldn't know it was no. there otherwise. That's right, absolutely. Mm. And there's just a little bit further on from that, not far from the lake. There's a, a creek crossing. I don't know if you remember it, but it's—it's it's, um, mostly okay to cross. But a lot of people don't realize that if it is flowing and you don't want to get, it can be shin deep and you don't want to cross there. If you just look to the right, the Mundabidi's just over there and they've got a bridge yeah. <laughs> goes across the yeah. creek. <laughs> and you can kind of duck over that and get on the other side. Keep uh, your feet dry. Why don't we steal their bridge then? we <laughs> <laughs> got another one of those like joint let's come together yeah. trail bridges like yeah. over, you know, the Gardener or some of the stuff around Donnelly River. Well, yeah, it's in the guidebook, so if people are reading the notes, <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then reaching Lights Beach. It's like, a little reminiscent of Greens Pool in that you've got the rocks jutting out of the water. Yeah. And, you know, so, and it's only a very, very short short section of beach that you're, you're walking yeah. along there too. And but the another, trail's nice. I like how it kind of skirts around. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And then you come down onto the beach. And mm. that's another wash away uh, recently as well, actually, that's uh, eroded a little bit. Um, but then you've got that creek at the bottom of the wooden steps. Mm. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. On on that section yeah. there, so it's always a bit of fun trying to dodge <laughs> the creek and get onto the first step and keep your feet dry. But then up to the car park itself, there's a little um, lookout there as well as a toilet, and then you beyond that you start ascending up and get 
more views. Yep. Mm. So is this up towards Monkey Rock and the start of Mount Halliwell? Um, that's a little bit further on. So you've still got a bit of walking through the dune systems. And then you go through uh, private property, through the farmland. And they before. have cows walking around. They, they <laughs> have dangerous cows. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we nearly lost access through there because someone complained that, the, not a walker, someone else complained that the cows could be dangerous. And, Good um, God. <laughs> that, that was a while back now. But um, yeah. yeah, the, the yeah. farmer was basically told, you've got to put up a great big fence either side to let walkers through. And he went, nah, not doing that. And we went, we don't need a fence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these cows don't usually charge. <laughs> so, but luckily we've still got it. But then you cross the road over a great big stile over the fence. Yep. And then you're um, going up the hill towards Monkey Rock. Which is the uh, Sheila Hill Memorial Track. Yes. It is. Um, and Lights Beach Road, which uh, you have to cross to get up there. That is now known as the Bibble Man Track. Yes. Um, Due to uh, a, an error yeah. in navigation by a certain <laughs> person who told Mark to park at a certain car park <laughs> when it wasn't the car park he thought it was. Right. <laughs> this was going on, what, like 18 months ago now? We walked yeah. the Sheila Hill Memorial Track and my car was having lots of troubles, but I was meant to meet you up here anyway because you were down staying with Alyssa's parents. Yeah. And you were going to show me this uh, loop trail? It wasn't a loop. Yeah, no, it was a one-way trail, and we had cars at either mm. end. And Donovan, in his typical Donovan driving style, like <laughs> sped down the road from where he told me to park and be like, it's here. But he'd actually parked at the start point, not the end point. <laughs> right. So the, the car parks at both end of, ends of it look identical. And the Bibbleman doesn't actually go to the second car park. So no. I had no idea that it... That, that second car park existed. So I just said, oh, let's just park near the where the Bibbleman ends. That's where I know. And then we'll drive to the other car park. And we parked at the second car park. <laughs> so we did the, the Sheila Hill Memorial Trail. And I got maybe a couple of kilometers from the end. And I looked at my GPS. I was like, this is not taking us <laughs> so we had to walk along the Bill Man track which is reference to an Urban List Perth article they did about great walks in the southwest <laughs> and they listed it was Walpole to Peaceful, Pi- yeah, Peaceful Bay, Bay. Yeah. but the only research they'd done is literally just plugged in those two locations into Google and hit the walk button oh, and gosh. they'd taken them across South Coast Highway basically all yeah, the way so it took way. them six hours <laughs> and then they'd spelt Bibbleman Bibbleman yes. which I see a lot of people do when yes. they're not not uh, aware of the Bibbleman but yeah so instead of the three day journey it would take it took six <laughs> hours apparently and and I don't even have it and I have this thing about oh, Urban gosh. List being the most hackish clickbait right. website ever lacking in journalistic integrity yeah. right. <laughs> right okay so that became the running joke because that article came out like the day before we did this walk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then so because Donovan had not parked in the correct location we had to walk all along Lightspeech Road Along the Bibble Man, saying, you know, the bus shelters are just as good as the Bibble Man shelters. <laughs> nice. So that's where that comes from. Um, there you go. <laughs> but now we've reached the Sheila Hill Memorial Track and the climb up to Monkey Rock, which is a very uh, popular spot for mm. both rock climbers and hikers Yeah, because of the views that, that you mm. get from there. Mm. Yeah. Right over the Denmark wind farm, all two of them. 
Yeah, it's two, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, really good views. Um, and and one of those points that you get quite a lot along the coast where you stand and go, I was there three days ago, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. You know, you get that real sense of achievement. Um, from those kind of places. And it's the last, uh, other than the bit that's near the Denmark River, it's the last real, true, you know, granite dome mm. carry forest that mm. you see on the track it as is. well. Yeah, it's your last experience of the carry, indeed. Yeah, and um, yeah, nice place to stop. I always do that little sidetrack up to the top. Yep. It's only like, what, like 100 metres, 200 metres? It's not <laughs> yeah. far at all. Yeah, and see all the, um, good for pink fairy orchids up there. <laughs> on the way up but also um you know the um what are they ornate dragon lizards that dart across the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Days. yeah that's cool hmm. and then for on from there it's up to mount halliwell which you can kind of never really know when mount halliwell is going to hit um lots of big granite domes and you think oh yeah that's great and then you keep walking there's another one and it's just like it's a good yeah. world to get lost in mm. uh, especially it with is. the carries there as well it's just yeah mm. i mean coming from what is what two or three days worth of beach and coastal walking yeah it's, it's refreshing nice, yeah definitely a nice mm. change and i think that the sheila hill memorial track should be a top trail I think ah. it's it's mm. worthy okay. of of that because I think the quality of the scenery along it right. is outstanding from start to finish. Cool, um, and yeah, a lot of it is due to the fact that it's massive granite mm. and massive carries and well maintained as well because you've got a couple of dieback points there. You do, um, mm. which is odd for like you can get you get dieback points along the trail, mm. but this has very specific ones that are either mm. side of Mount Halliwell which I think is really important, especially um, end-to-end hikers who, you know, don't really wash their boots day-to-day. If you've picked up anything before, then it's good to get rid of it. And I think coming from the south is the first ones you see, um, dieback stations, if you've come from Albany. Right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's it's an awesome awesome spot um, up there. I have been up the top there when there's been a bit of whiteout, not a whole lot, but enough to go, oh, is this where the trail goes? Oh, yeah, there it is. You know, right. <laughs> so yeah. got to be a little bit careful. But um, always take the little spur trail up to the, the summit mm-hmm. as well. Um, last I was there, the signpost had fallen down. But um, I think it's perpetually falling. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. it? Yeah, because I was okay. there. When we went there, it, <laughs> yeah. was, it was down. It was down. Really? And okay. since then, Alyssa and I have gone back and it's still it's down. It's still down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a long way to carry up a replacement <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and Kuriyandrup is its Aboriginal name. Okay, cool. um, meaning place of bushroos, but I've never seen any bushroos. No, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, I will say that this is one of only two places that I've had a significant slip and fall. Oh wow! And another friend of ours, Didier, also fell on here. Right. Um, granite was slippery. Yep. My boots were probably a little worn. So mm. the combination was very bad, and I yep. sprained my wrist. Ouch. Um, and then a couple of months later, fell again on the same wrist. <laughs> <laughs> in the same place? <laughs> well, in Albany, it was on Albany, in, right. on, of all trails, the Luke Penn walk, okay. which is far from strenuous or difficult. <laughs> I, just, I just put my foot on some bo- wet boardwalk and right. slipped. and oh, where you went. Yeah. Yeah. So that where you slipped on Mount Hallowell is that um, as you're coming down? Coming down. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. of those bits are a bit steep, yeah, and the granite be. can be slippery. And you've got 
I think there's only one section, there is one only, only one section now where you're, depending which way you're going, pulling yourself up or letting yourself down along the bar, you know, the, yeah. um, the yeah. handlebar kind of thing. Yeah. There used to be another section, which isn't far from that, but it's been realigned. You can still find it if you look for it, but it was down this crevasse, crevasse, um, where there was another handlebar, if you like, but a really long one, but it was really narrow. I don't know if you walked that before it was realigned. And if, you, if your pack was... Even just slightly wider than you, you know, you would get caught and just get dragged along the rocks. And it's like, oh my back! <laughs> but it's been realigned from that um, from that little area. But um, I, I love Mount Hallowell. Some, I've ever seen someone in the uh, the register at William Bay call it Mount Holy Hell because <laughs> they just weren't expecting it. Yeah. But um, I, I love it. It's a nice spot. Good views as you're coming down on on that rocky platform on the eastern side. Views over the inlet. And Malachi, um, yeah, nice spot. I think as well, it's the last great granite, you know, mm. mountain, I say mm. in inverted mm. commas. Mount. <laughs> you know, because you, if you think back to Monadnox yeah. and, um, you know, the Pingrup Plains, yeah. um, you know, this is sort of the last one of those that you see mm. until, you know, there's the one that as you're climbing into Albany. <laughs> Mount Melville. But it's not really. No, no. It's, it's, it's not great. No. It doesn't count if there's houses on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then descending down towards seeing as light speeds road again, um, lots of carry, lots of wildflowers. Yeah. And then you're onto the road again. And the bit that you talked about that is not quite ideal and is like a bit of a sore thumb when you're talking about Denmark and the Billman track is getting into town and around town as well. Yeah. So, you know, walking along the inlet is okay. Like it's acceptable. But then the last bit where you walk through dieback infested Jarrah and it's just really bad. And there's one point where the trail is like there's two roads next to each other and there's a hole in the in the you know, the hedge of trees. Yeah. And you could have taken that shortcut, but you keep walking and then the Bibbleman tells you to double back. To double back. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like why why did you do that to us? When is the last time you walked that bit? That was 2016, I think. I had a feeling that it had been realigned through that little, what you call a hedgy bit. <laughs> I, I hope so. Um, I, I just got, I'm not sure, but I thought it had. Because I think I've done that shortcut. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just really boring walking. Um, it's because you're following fire breaks and it's, it is pretty degraded yeah. um, bush like there's through a that lot section. of dieback infested signs you know through yeah. there or, or like unsure yeah you know, not sure so yeah it's it's not great and you know especially if you're tired it's, I guess it's not a nice the alternative though is to be on the bitumen or on the footpath yeah i don't think there's much of an option around there there is a lot of what i call burbing walking through the suburbs yeah. <laughs> when you're going into denmark from that side um, but, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It, and it's pretty open as well. So if it's a hot day, yeah. you know, you're, you're in the elements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not far beyond that, as you're getting closer to the river mouth, mm. I could be wrong, but I think there's a bit of carry around then. I there think is. that's, yeah. yeah. So and that was kind like of, a, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicer section there. But yeah, there's a bit of, there is a bit of bitumen walking and pavement walking. Once you leave the inlet, like you say. Um, but yeah, you're walking into a town. Yeah. And Denmark as a track town, it's it's got a reputation in WA as being a bit of a hippie town. 
but I never quite mm. got that driving. I don't, I don't think it is anymore. I think it was at one stage. Yeah, um, maybe like thirty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's, it's more the 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 sea change people. I think now rather yeah. than yeah. So you know, my in laws live there, and they're there for sea change reasons, mm. and. You know, there's a lot, like, Anna Gare lives there, and, you know, there's a lot of, of um, I think I think Denmark is a town that has a lot of potential to be sort of a Margaret River area, and I think suddenly mm. the wine's as good mm. as we have discovered from <laughs> <laughs> the wine that we've been drinking today. Um, but it's, it just, for some reason, just doesn't have, it hasn't taken off the way that Margaret River has. I'm kind of thankful that it hasn't yeah. actually. <laughs> is it is it by design though? Do they want it to be like Margrove, but not have that status of Margrove, where mm. people flock there who maybe are looking for that experience, but because they're looking for it, they don't get it. I think they I think they want mm. it both ways. I think that's the the difficult thing is that they probably enjoy the fact that it's a bit quiet, and I think that's part of the charm of Denmark. Mm. Um, but then on the other hand, Denmark's a lot more progressive and interested in, in things than Albany is, where Albany is mm. like, we won't open on Sunday, we won't do this, we won't do that. Mm. Um, I think Denmark Shire are much more interested in trying to make their town a vibrant town, but walking the line without losing itself. Like they, I, think, I think they're okay with it being sort of a, a, a Margaret River-esque area, but they don't want it to become Dunsborough either. You know, they don't mm. want it to become overdeveloped yeah. where it's like a I, country. I, I think that's a good thing for the town. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I like it because of the way it is. It's you know, it's different to the other towns. Um, it's not huge. You can, every, from a, the walkers' perspective, there's everything you need there. Mm. Um, it's it's pretty good that way. But it's not, um, you know, it's a, a kind of town. I don't know. For me, even just walking generally along the track, doing an end to end, I treat the town visits as is as if i'm walking to a um an overseas village that i've never been to before and i like to walk around spend time there and get to know it if i've got that luxury which at least on one of my interns i did have i you know i spent two or three days sometimes in towns just soaking it all up and at denmark is one of those places i'd like to do that mm. yeah mm. provided it's again it's not the busy time but then that's summer usually when it, it does get really busy yeah. and you're not usually walking so it kind of works well for walkers um Plus, I've got friends down there too, so yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's also got a lot of really good food options. So if you mm, want to go for absolutely. dinner, in or lunch in town, you know, there's there's places that are open. There's mm. and the variety. Choice. There's definitely yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, they've got um, you know really good vegetarian and vegan yeah. food there, as well <laughs> as good you know good pizzas. They've got good bakeries. You know, it's it's a really good town mm. in a lot of ways, and I think that they bat way above. You know, mm-hmm. above other towns in the area mm-hmm. yeah all right so overall where does this i know you don't really like to rank sections steve but um overall on the track where does this rank it look it is one of my favorite sections um absolutely uh, i think particularly the section between walpole and peaceful bay is one of my highlights i doesn't mean I don't like the bit between Peaceful Bay and Denmark, but if someone comes to me, particularly if they're not from WA, and say, "Look, I've only got this amount of time. Where should I walk?" I will definitely recommend down that way, especially between Warpole and Peaceful Bay, because you get really good mix of the coast, the Tingle Forest, the Carry Forest. It's kind of just all there. Um, but then even beyond, if you want more coast walking, all the way through to Denmark, yeah. And don't I know this holds a, a special place? In oh your man, yeah, this is. Heart? This was the first multi-day hike I did, 
and I still love it. You know, like I've done it again and it hasn't faded in my esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say this is one of the the best sec- sections of the whole Bible. It's one of only, th- prob- there's three sections that I would would just would just do again and again and again and be fine with doing. And this is the, the top of those three. And I think when, you know, when I've criticized other sections of the track, part of it is that I'm walking it as someone who wants to walk a trail that is, you know, between three to eight days, you know, like I, I don't, I'm not looking to do a, a through hike of a track and there's certain compromises that come with the through hike that you're not going to have perfection every day. You're going to have Marin roads. However, this section, I feel, doesn't have those very much. Mm-hmm. This section is one where you could walk it as an iconic eight-day hike, and it would hold up well compared to other hikes in other states as uh, you know, a fantastic eight-day experience that I would you know, wholeheartedly recommend to anyone coming to Western Australia to do. So yeah, I love this section. Yeah, excellent. I'm looking forward to doing this in August. So if you want to walk it again, I think I've extended the invite yes. out before. I'll send you my dates. I think I don't have the annual leave, but I am, <laughs> I am jealous of the fact that you're <laughs> walking this fantastic section. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks very much, Steve, for coming in. It's always a pleasure to have you in. Thank you. And normally we would be finishing here and then be back in two weeks, but we'll actually be back next week with a mini episode because since we have Stephen here we're going to be doing a little bit of a of a mini episode about my new hut on the Bibbleman track or shelter on the Bibbleman track <laughs> since I don't want to put words into Steve's mouth <laughs> um, but thank you everyone for listening and if you've enjoyed this pod please give us a rating on Podbean or iTunes and if you had any suggestions for future episodes or any questions please email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com And we'll be back in one week with the next episode. Thanks.